Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. My name is Ben and I'm your host. And this week I have a very special guest joining us. Leah Serna is here to uh, share some conversation talking about the practice of yoga. So Leah, welcome to Six Ways from Sunday. And thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Ben, thanks for having me. So you've drove down from New Norway is where you live, right? Yes. And we got connected through a mutual friend, through Grant, just, yes. I think just before Christmas or in the last couple months anyway. Yeah. And uh, Grant and I are both um, yoga, practicers of yoga. And so we talk about things like yoga and meditation quite frequently. And he was, uh, he was telling me that he thought it would be such a great idea if we could somehow bring, bring yoga to church, if you will. And so we, this is something we've been talking about for a while. So it was really neat that he connected with you and then he introduced you to, to me. And we brought this idea to the church board. Actually, uh, Grant and I are both members of the board at the Bash United Church. And people were pretty open to it. Uh, I think that we're kind of known as the open-minded church. We're a united church and there, there is kind of that, uh, that reputation of the United Church of Canada for being a little bit more open to, to new agey or spiritual things that aren't um, necessarily part of the, the Christian dogma. Mm -hmm. um, from your perspective, I, mean, I have so many questions I want to ask you, but uh, what do you think about uh, the, the fit between yoga and quote unquote church? I, I know some churches aren't as open to it as, as others. Great. Good question. Um, I feel the fit is really... Uh, kind of seamless in that there's the, you know, the spirituality aspect to it, you know. Um, Did you grow up in um, a particular faith or denomination? Yeah, or? I was brought up Roman Catholic, and um, I grew up just down the road in uh, Farintosh, just outside of Farintosh, and uh, we would come up to Bashaw every Sunday to go to the... Uh, the Catholic Church, the Immaculate Heart Church, every Sunday. Yeah. The big blue church on yeah, the corner. Yeah, the big blue <laughs> church on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know of our community here, Basha is a very small town, but we've got, I think, four active churches. Like a lot yeah. of rural communities, even as the communities sometimes shrink, those churches are such an important part of the community that you often end up with this really high church to people ratio yeah. and then people have to decide where they fit or, or yeah. you know, a lot of people don't go attend any church. But so for you, you grew up um, a practicing Catholic yeah. and in the Catholic world is yoga uh, considered something that's, you know, is it discouraged? Is it just kind of a neutral thing? Is it looked at as sort of new agey and scary or <laughs> well i think there's a curiosity there i mean yoga in the west can quite often be kind of um put into the category of exercise hmm. um yeah. because it does have such a you know uh the physical value of it right. on the body um is calming and so there is a, I think there's a curiosity because of that aspect. And then um, the whole spiritual side of it, you know, because um, yoga is kind of Hindu, more Hindu-based. Based, yeah. That that part of it um, 
kind of might not ha hold the same curiosity. I'm not sure exactly, but I think just because Hinduism is, you know, almost like different, kind of a different religion in a way. So there might be just, I don't know. I don't know about that. Part it it might be more of a personal thing that for yeah. some people, they, they yeah. feel a little bit apprehensive about adopting components of another religion yeah. and other people don't. So they just yeah. feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And I'm sure that you encounter, <laughs> so you teach yoga. Yes. And I'm sure you have students who are all across the spectrum of spiritual but not religious, <laughs> super religious, yeah. super atheist. It doesn't oh, yeah. really matter. It, yeah, it doesn't seem to matter. So really. people come to yoga yeah. with different goals or different yeah. things that they want to take away from that. And it might be simply, I want to get more flexible. I want to get in yeah. better shape. I want to improve my circulation. Yeah. I want to sleep better. Yeah. What What do you find that you typically... What does your typical student look like and, and why do they have that curiosity for adding yoga into their life? Well, it seems to me like they're almost searching for something, but maybe they're not quite sure what. <laughs> <laughs> and the classes are kind of a way for them to land on their mat and almost like look for that. Hmm. whatever that is, you know. And some people come for very therapeutic reasons, you know, they've got body issues. And um, other people just need to have a space where they're away from everything that's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think the reasons why people would end up in a class are just, you know, uh, there's a lot of reasons. Um for myself personally, I was definitely seeking for something. There was something I was really deeply yearning for and looking for. But you didn't feel you knew what that was or you did? Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. I mean, I ended up in India about 25 years ago. Wow. And um, that's when I discovered yoga. And so, and I'd been doing yoga for years and years and years, but it wasn't until about four years ago that I really started to open up to why, to my why. <laughs> ah, okay. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because yeah. um, we've been... Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast episode with my dad, yeah. specifically, and I, I might have shared that one with you. Yeah, uh, I and saw he was, the picture he, of you too. Okay, yeah, <laughs> he, so he was exploring his why. And yeah. then I was also talking with um, another guest who's going to be coming on the show soon, hopefully. And uh, she's a holistic uh, medicine practitioner in Edmonton yeah. who is really deeply exploring what her why is and why mm -hmm. she does the work that she does. So mm -hmm. that it, and it's kind of a, a good fit for this podcast, because mm -hmm. one of the things that I um, I just love to talk to people about is why they do what they do and, yeah. and this whole concept of creating a meaningful life experience, yeah. why exploring why we're here, uh, what is the meaning of life, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, exploring those big questions. So um, tell me a little bit more about your journey of how you ended up in India and, and mm -hmm. ended up developing this l deep love for yoga. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I go on and yeah, on? Yeah, just feel free. 
I'll stop you if I run out of yeah, coffee and, okay. and uh, <laughs> run out of tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, the trip to India was actually part of an extended trip to Southeast Asia, um, which started in Japan, teaching English in Japan, and then ending up in Thailand. And, and then India was kind of a spontaneous decision, um, kind of just encouraged by some of our fellow travelers they were just uh, commenting that, you know, it's so close, you should just pop over to India and go to an ashram for a couple months. Wow. So, so you um, had the, you didn't have like, a, oh, I need to be back home by a certain, no, you had the flexibility to, that to make trip, that happen. That hey? trip was a year and a half. Wow. Um, pretty epic. And the two months in India, I would say kind of just seared into my memory banks. Um, just because I think I had a taste of, of the why there. And mm. there was this waking up through, we were doing hatha yoga, hatha, hatha. Um, and so every day what, we were doing hatha For anyone yoga. who doesn't know, hatha is a style of yoga that yep. is all about <clears throat> what? Um, just there's poses and it's not so much of a flow as you get your body into a pose and you hold it. Hmm. Not as long as we hold in our yin classes, but um, they're, they're just, they're a little bit more, more of a hold to the poses. Hmm. Okay. So you're really breathing into your, into your body and, and discovering all the places um, that you might not otherwise think of <laughs> that start speaking up in those held poses. Um, and... Um, so just doing that for two months. And also during meal times, there was a, a speaking and a non-speaking section in the kind of the cafeteria. So it just really opened my awareness to becoming just more aware in general of my body and what's going on. There was a lot of meditation. And during some of those meditations, um, you know, I was just waking up to hmm. all these different parts of myself that I hadn't actually sat and paid attention to. You know, I was young, I was in my 20s, and the trip was, yeah. you know, a lot of meeting travelers and partying and all of that <laughs> stuff. And then you go to India, and then all of a sudden you're just sitting there with yourself. In silence. So were you doing yeah. a silent meditation? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of singing and uh, and meditation, so it was it was, and the guru was actually there at the time. She was a woman guru who, she's still at that ashram to this day. Um, so I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. But the ashram that she ends up going to, Julie Roberts goes to that, they were modeling it after that same ashram. Oh, that, you're kidding. That I was at, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because as yeah. you're describing it, that I was picturing scenes from that movie yeah <laughs> because i've never been to india so i it, i have yeah. very few points of reference for what that might look like yeah. and i was picturing that that scene in the movie of, yeah. of her at the ashram yeah that's they, too funny. they they meant it to be that that specific wow ashram and i'm sure there are many all over the country oh gosh yes yeah wow so so while you were there yeah. you had this kind of aha moment yeah about yourself yeah so and i'm not gonna I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if, if there's anything about that that you'd feel comfortable with 
sharing with the with the community or with listeners? Mm-hmm. Well, back then, I'm not sure if I fully understood what that introduction to self was. All I knew is that there was, it kind of felt like something very precious, almost. Like I, I had an epiphany one morning as the sun was rising over the mountains and it was like 5.30 in the morning and I was out walking um, at this ashram and I just had this feeling that all the love that I needed uh, or I thought that I needed from external sources, whether it be people or adventurers or whatever, that all that love was actually inside me already Hmm. and that all I needed to do was just go there. So it just was this very precious kind of epiphany that stuck yeah. with me for all these years. I would weave in and out and away <laughs> from that through, you know, up until about, you know, four years ago until it really hit me. But um, but I held that, you know, for all that time. And so... Uh, it really resonated with it you. It really resonated. And it was something that just kind of felt like it, arose in me so it sounds it sounds like it wasn't yeah it was this spontaneous realization it sounds like it wasn't something that the guru or another person Mm. taught you or explained to you it's kind of something that goes beyond explanation or verbal description yeah so is it really more about creating the context or creating the conditions for you to connect with yourself yeah absolutely yeah. and and the silence i imagine would be part of that the, yeah. the, the practice of carving out that intentional time to yeah. come to the mat and go through those poses is a part yeah. of that it's all kind of interconnected yeah. and woven together yeah. right and the silence too was a strong part well that's something we're not used to I know. so in our culture <laughs> we if you really think about it Mm-hmm. We fill the silence all the time. We throw on the TV or yeah. we put on Netflix or we're constantly just, yeah. we're either in traffic or talking to somebody or we're working or we're, even if there's a physical silence, there's still that inner chatter that goes on inside yeah. our heads that kind of fills that void or that silence. Yeah. Yeah. That it, I, I struggle with that. I find yeah. that it's almost impossible for me to get to a true silent still place, yeah. a stillness. Um, it's interesting actually talking about this right now because we're in the church calendar. We're really soon going to be going into this season of Lent oh, yes. that leads up to Easter where yeah. Jesus went into the wilderness and the story is that he was, yeah. you know, in the desert or in the wilderness away mm-hmm. from, he had to get away. He had to go into a, a quiet space, um, yeah. and be alone yeah. for like 40 days. Yeah. And we don't do that in the no. West. We no. We really don't. We struggle with it. It, it can be terrifying, actually, yeah. to just be uh, in that stillness or alone with yourself. Absolutely. So you mentioned that um, that for years that kind of epiphany mm-hmm. stuck with you. Mm-hmm. And then what happened four years ago? Well, it's a bit sad. Um, but, I mean, these things happen as a almost like a rite of passage. I mean, everybody has to go through it. And what, what, what happened was that 
both of my parents um, passed away within two months of each other. And so it really left me with this feeling of extreme vulnerability. And um, I went into a bit of a place of panic, honestly, because it's almost like that parental, you know, your parents are, are like your guardians. And yeah. so very quickly, because it happened very, very fast for both of them. And um, I was with them, you know, at their bedside during both of their, <laughs> um, their uh, crossing, crossing over times and um oh it, it despite the fact that there was so much grief and so much overwhelm there was just something about that experience that was very transformative for me mm. and i remember in the depths of my grief my husband came up to me and he he just said leah like what is it that you really want to be doing because I was, I was just complete. There was a period of time where I was just lost. I was disconnected from my body, from my soul, even. And um, and he said, "What do you really want to be doing?" And I just, just the word yoga, <laughs> just like, and it just came out of you. Just came out of me, and also teaching yoga. And, Is that, I, and that's something you hadn't thought about before then? Well, I wanted to. I always wanted to, but I was putting it off and putting it off, saying, oh, I'll wait until, you know, the kids are grown and, right. you know, I'm older and I'll be wiser. And But it just felt like, no, like the time is now. Like this whole thing just needs to get bigger. And it just felt like you know, that little thing that I've been holding for all those years just kind of went poof. Wow. <laughs> and it started growing and growing and expanding. And mm. and I found so much um, kind of like you can hold grief in your body. But when I was getting on my yoga mat, I was kind of somatically moving it out and working with it in a way, and that's where yin yoga actually came into the picture as well, because the poses are, are more long held, like three to five minutes. There are people wow. who hold poses up to 20 minutes. But, Holy um, smokes. You know, that sounds so you're, really intense. You're holding your pose and you're meditative and you're coming up against everything. Right. And the fact that you're actually taking the time to really like kind of stew the, the the fact that I was taking time to really get into the grief allowed it to move through me I think in a lot more um healthy way you wow know? so where did you come across this specific style of yoga the yin yoga yin well, I ended up in a yin class, actually, after my father passed. There was a little window of time where I went back home to uh, BC. I was living in BC at the time, so I had just spent a couple months in Alberta with my father as he was dying. And, and then I went back, and I just ended up in a yin class that was happening on Bowen Island where we were living, and uh, it was just exactly 
<laughs> what I needed. Wow. And I would cry <laughs> and everything. But the teacher was just so just so beautiful and graceful. And she just held the space. And, um, you know, and I just felt like I had a space for my tears to just fall. Wow. And it was really healing. Yeah. It really came at the right time for you, it Absolutely. sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it was even just starting up like it it was just it was absolutely perfect. Things just worked. Yeah. So then, of course, you wanted to share what you were learning with others and teaching yoga is something that you'd been kind of thinking about. Yeah. So now you have created um, a yoga uh, studio or company or tell me a little bit about that. Well, I've just basically called myself yin side yoga you know i love that name yin side yeah. <laughs> it's like because with yin you kind of have to go in yeah. right so it's kind of like you're going inside that was the kind of the the meaning behind yeah it's brilliant it. um so just to have a name for the web page and stuff yeah it's not really so like, inter going internally yeah. physically yeah and obviously spiritually yes so um I can't decide which direction to take this next question. I want to hear more. I want to hear more about your thoughts on what that means, but also just on the story of starting Yen Side Yoga and yeah. finding students, finding spaces, and now mm-hmm. you've been bringing it to um, to our church, which I haven't been able to attend a Wednesday night class yet. But um, but yeah, the classes have been going for a couple of weeks now yeah. here at the Bash United Church, and yeah. it's been awesome. Lots yeah. of people have been coming. Yep. Tell, tell me a little bit about that, and and especially with the fact that you're doing it in a church space, which is neat. <laughs> well, I love the space because of the labyrinth on the floor. Yeah. I mean, the painted labyrinth. As soon as I saw that, I thought, yeah, this is exactly the right, the right space for this. Um, <clears throat> and there's lots of room. And everybody that comes, they bring their their blankets and their their pillows and their, you know, whatever props they might have. So it's almost like everybody's coming for this big cozy sleepover. (laughs) (laughs) And we cuddle up, you know, and they build little caves with all of their blankets and everything, you know, because we want to be comfortable in yin. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is not about getting in shape and like mm-hmm. because you can search yoga on yeah. google or on youtube and you get yeah. so many different oh, it, yes. it can look so different it can be yeah. everywhere from you know shredding pounds yeah, and getting in, 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 yeah. in shape or the yeah. hot yoga or sweating yoga yeah. to but this yin <laughs> it sounds like a really unique style and yeah. and intention that you're bringing to it it's about as far away from the yoga shred as you can get (laughs) (laughs) it is it's interesting because yin yoga actually evolved um they used to call it taoist yoga Hmm. from the tao which is kind of following along the lines of traditional chinese medicine so um in yin you're kind of you're holding the poses right but as you're holding the poses, your muscles are very relaxed, which is, that's the different part than your regular yoga, because in yoga, you're using your muscular strength, right? When you use your muscular strength, your joints are actually very protected hmm. because the muscles are holding everything, you know. Nice. Right. But when you are stretching your joints with your muscles relaxed, it creates this deep opening in your joints and then fluids and everything can rush in and kind of 
you know, huh. um, reinvigorate the joint. So over time, I mean, you might not shed a lot of pounds during yin yoga, but you will definitely increase flexibility in your joints because they're getting yeah. this mild, mild stress to the joint. And so, it's regenerative. It creates a regenerative right. effect. And also, um, just based on the traditional Chinese medicine, there are <clears throat> certain energetic pathways. I don't know if you've ever had acupuncture or anything like that. But they put those needles along certain energetic pathways that link up with the major organs and your heart and your lungs and in your body. And so by stretching... In those ways and holding the poses, you're actually um, kind of stretching those energetic pathways right. to um, kind of, it kind of has a medicinal effect so on your organs. It sounds like it's great for hips and lower yes. back and, yeah. and el like your shoulders yeah. or your knees, the, the major, your joints. Yeah. But then beyond your skeletal system, yeah. it's also tapping into some benefits for your internal organs and circulation yep. and stuff like that yep. too then energy yeah energetics cool. now I, yeah tell me about the other side of this the dimension of just the um the harbored emotions or yes. the, the hurt or <laughs> the the yes. pain that we carry yeah well um there's a lot because we're stretching those energy lines there can be you can release blockages. Sometimes you might be in a pose and you'll just spontaneously feel angry or sad even. So because the poses are more meditative, I really encourage people to notice, like when you're in that pose, where are you inside? Like, are you thinking about when you're going to get out of that pose right. <laughs> or are you remembering something, you know, or are you all of a sudden struck by some, some grief or, you know, some way back, um, memory is surfacing a trauma or something. So you, just to be in there and really notice your inner landscape, like what is coming up, what is surfacing, how are you feeling? You know, all of that. It's all mm. deeply connected with, with the poses. It really sounds like um, venturing into the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> like that imagery again. I keep thinking about, like, we just don't create the space for that. No. no. So how long do, do the classes usually run? Like in, here at the church, you've been yeah. doing like one-hour classes? We're doing an hour and 15 minutes. Okay. Just because I really like to honor the shavasana at the end. That's mm -hmm. where you just lie there. The relaxation. They call it corpse pose or relaxation pose. But um, it's really important to have like a good long space after you've been working your joints to just let everything rebound before yeah. you wander home. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. what are, what are uh, what are people's reactions like? Have have people been? Well, they look pretty it? spacey after <laughs> yeah, that class, mostly. Um, and but they're they're genuinely looking happy and excited coming in. So there's I can definitely see that there's there's a shift that happens for for people from mm. when they come in to when they leave. Yeah. That must be neat for you to see that. Yeah. When you're the one who's kind of facilitating 
that you're not doing it for them. Just like yeah. you're, when you had your kind of aha moment at yeah. the ashram, the guru wasn't um, teaching it to you or revealing yeah. it for you. Yeah. But you you, you facilitate that class yeah. and you, you're teaching the method and you're yeah. kind of walking them, guiding them through it. Yeah. And having, so there's an impact that you're having mm-hmm. on on people. It's like I'm holding the space for them to have their own very unique experience. And yeah. So what's that like for you? <laughs> well, I, I f- mostly I feel honored, you know, and just that they feel safe in that space and mm. comfortable. It just, I, I mostly just come away with a feeling of gratitude and just feeling deeply honored to, to be the one holding the space. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been just really sweet, actually. <laughs> so obviously this ties into your personal why. You yeah. started mentioning that a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know, I'd love to hear more about what you've discovered your why is. Well, I have this little quote that I brought that always okay. helps remind me of my why. And it's from the, there's a classic Indian text called the Bhagavad Gita. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, I have. I don't know really anything about it, but I've, yeah. I've recognized the name. I've heard of it. Yeah. And so in there it says, "Yoga is the journey of the self, through the self, to the self." And for me, that just really resonates as recognizing the journey of it, and that journey is so individualized for everyone. And that coming through the self, it's almost as if, like the best way, if you're having something going on in your life, even if it's good or positive or negative, it doesn't matter. But, you know, there's that saying, the only way out is through. Right. So it's almost like you can't keep dodging yourself with distractions <laughs> and walls and walls and you know stuffing things down and not addressing them like it's almost like you you've got to get in there you got to get in mm. and get dirty almost because it some of it is not you know not easy right? yeah i i really relate to to that um and the challenge inherent in that especially as a parent, like I've got three kids and you, you, there's this instinct that you want to protect your children. Yes. And as a, as a kid, I remember feeling like I was being protected by my parents, but sometimes that protecting love would, would almost stop the, stop you from having to feel the pain of, uh, or the hurt of something that happened at school or mm. whatever it might be. And, and just not realizing the importance of that pain. Sometimes our parents will, shield us from it or we'll do that with our own kids and yeah. it's so hard to realize that no that you have to go through it yeah, <laughs> and you have and, to and go that it's it. good to go through it and there's yeah. fruit there's like yeah. there's things that you will you'll grow and you'll learn and you'll yeah. you'll get from going through that you can never Absolutely. find any other path yeah so and it not it obviously, as you're reading that, and I'm not hearing that yoga is the path and it's like the only path, no, no. but it, but it is a path in yeah, inward. It is a path inward, definitely to the self. 
And, you know, I, hmm, it's very precious when you start to touch that, you know, like mm -hmm. there's been moments in meditation where, <laughs> you know, we're always striving for something like big, but there have been some surprising moments for me where I discover <laughs> that it's the simplicity of it is yeah. almost like mind blowing, right? I don't know. Like I can't. And, and kind of comical, really. It's the... kind of yeah, kind of comical. How how simple? Like it's so hard to even put into words. But there's just this absolute silence that that's about the only thing that I can relate to. <laughs> I often I hear yoga um, drawing the parallel between your, the breath and the oh, spirit. Yes. yes. So and, and and I know I I need to circle back here because we didn't I think I don't think we fully uh, identified yet what that why is for you. <laughs> right. But but there's in, when you talk about the simplicity, like yeah. in a lot of. Um, yoga classes that I've either like videos watched online or mm -hmm. hearing about yoga or doing yoga there often instructors will talk about the breath and how it, you, it always comes back to your breath focus on your yeah. breath yeah. even in meditation you know just focus on your breath just focus on your breathing yeah as maybe just as a tool to try to um push all of the other distractions a little further away yeah and it but it is a, a thing that centers you and it, it mm -hmm. is so it's such a vital life energy that you know stop breathing and yeah. and you die. So yes. obviously there's that tie to the vitality of life yeah. and of self. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what so so you read that beautiful passage. Mm -hmm. How does that fit into your why? Or if have you distilled that why into a, <laughs> into a statement? Or what is what is it for you? Well. I think my why is to just, um, like through yoga, to just keep expanding um, into this life that I'm in, you know, and to not, I'm not, I'm not willing anymore to live in a space that feels limiting to me, and that's mostly caused by my own beliefs you know, hmm. or my own conditioning. Um, and so there's this real desire to overcome a lot of that um, through the practice and through a lot of meditation and a lot of, you know, breath work, which has become more and more <laughs> important to me. Hmm. And to just keep that expansiveness happening. I mean, when my parents passed, I really saw how you know, we're only here for a little blip of time. So short. And we're living on this little blue dot. <laughs> and just the miraculousness of it. I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. But I, you know, I want to just inhabit this life while I'm here um, as much as I can in a way that feels nourishing to me. And in a way that I can also, you know, serve others. And 
I don't know, just kind of help spread that awareness in mm. any way that I that I can. And mm. it just feels like yoga feels like the most natural way to kind of help bring that and share that, you know, with others. And kind of the gift that you have that's yeah. meant to be shared. Yeah. Hmm. That that kind of feels like a really big part of my why. Cool. And I'm not sure if I could have gotten to that without this rite of passage of my parents, um, my parents passing, right? It's almost like, yeah, I mean, it's a gift in a way. And it's also a conscious choice because it's easy when you're at that crossroads of trying to figure out your life after something like that has, you know, happened, it's easy. You can easily go down, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, I felt that tug. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, you can also, um, you know, move through it in a transformational way and really transform that within yourself. And so I feel like eventually that's where my focus came and because the yoga seed had been planted, mm-hmm. that tool was there. You had sort of that foundation already yeah. for this to build upon. Yeah. So in your, in your grieving and in that, in that grief journey, um, I'm sure that obviously when you would enter into that intentional practice mm-hmm. of whether that was a daily practice for you on your own or whether you were teaching already, Um, in the early days of like building this into something more where you're teaching it to others, Mm. um, even as an instructor, you're, you're still having stuff come up. You're still feeling your way through that practice Mm -hmm. when you would go into a a yin pose Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, be vulnerable to whatever might arise for you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that especially at the beginning, that stuff from the loss of your parents was was really prominent. Mm-hmm. How do you do you feel that as time has gone by that that's lessened or is it still just as raw and 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 there for you when you're in the middle of yoga or is it more mm-hmm. that I guess what I'm getting at is that when when we have these big losses we yeah. they're never really like fully healed but mm-hmm. but it changes over time too. It does change. I'm curious what that was like yeah. for you and how how yoga has helped you in that that grief grief yeah. journey. Yeah. Well, my grief journey was probably like a full solid year, I would say. It was um in the in the second year I started taking a lot of training. So I, I gave myself a year and then the second year I started training and learning and learning and training mm. and um I took uh, the 50-hour training with Bernie Clark in Vancouver, and he's like the king of yin. <laughs> he's oh, yeah. like the yin teacher. So I was lucky enough to um, to be with him. But I remember in that training, there was still a lot of vulnerability happening and mm-hmm. a lot of emotions coming up. By the time I finished all of my training and just the, everything that I went through, um, during the course of that, I felt like by the time I started teaching, um, I was feeling more grounded. 
hmm. in a way that when I was in the, the classes teaching, I was I was able to, you know, be grounded and hold that space for people, and you know, and then go home and hold my own, my own <laughs> stuff. I could make that separation, and now, yeah, I don't know. I I just. It feels like the rawness of everything is not there. Um, that rawness has definitely been moved through, but there's, there is still kind of a longing, you know, that I, I, I feel, but also just a knowing in a way that, you know, my parents are always there. <laughs> yeah. And almost since they're both in spirit now, I can kind of access them <laughs> anytime. Like they're just in everything. They're everywhere now. So this is going to sound like a, a complete random question, okay. but it ties into what you're saying. It, mm -hmm. What that immediately for me um, brought up was earlier you were talking about the self, like this, this journey into yourself, through yourself mm -hmm. and that passage, mm -hmm. uh, especially. So... <laughs> Every different um, faith tradition has mm -hmm. sort of a different approach to what the self is or what yeah. the spirit is or who, what we are at our essence. Yeah. And so I don't know what your personal beliefs are, and especially where you've uh, probably got a mixture of your upbringing in the church well, and then with I can just say yoga teachings. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, when I was in church, they said the kingdom of God is within you. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still feel that that's true. I feel that there's truth in that. So for you, what does the self mean? Like you talked about your parents being in, in spirit. Yeah. So in a, in a way that is very distinct from this, you know, physical yeah. body yeah. that we yeah. inhabit. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've just dropped their bodies, but, you know their spirits will live on that to me it you know their soul yeah I don't know I just I just feel like sometimes it just feels so strong their their presence right and mm. I mean I don't know nobody knows for sure but there is something you know that I don't know that just doesn't it's like never-ending almost like yeah you know like the kingdom kingdom of god is within you i mean wow <laughs> yeah that we're all a part of this universal connected yeah. energy and there's so many ways you can look at that yeah and like i said every faith tradition or um religious background uh -huh. that you might have has a different way of telling that story but there's an essential truth, I think. Yeah, a that, common truth, yeah. too. Yeah. It's funny to me how you can start a conversation all, on almost any topic yeah. and before long end up at, why are we here? Yeah. What happens when we die? <laughs> and who are we? And who am I? Yeah. <laughs> because if you really press, yeah. continue pressing in and asking yeah. the next layer of questions or as our yeah. kids ask us, okay, but why? Yeah. Why? Or why? just like why? exploring why? your own why. <laughs> why am I here? What yeah. does it all mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's It's been super fun to yeah. explore that those questions with you yeah. through the channel of, of yoga as the topic. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share about your story 
of how you've come to this place of of sharing that with others now before we wrap up uh, this conversation? Oh, just, well, just, just a lot of gratitude just for the way that everything is kind of played out hmm. in my life, good and bad. And just, yeah, just, just being able to be aware of the journey and, and just holding an excitement for, you know, for what's to come. Well, it sounds like it's been a very exciting journey yeah. for you over the yeah. last 25 years. Yeah. And that it does have a, uh, a real sense of purpose and yeah. adventure and yeah. um, deep meaning for you. And that yeah. it's awesome that you're sharing that yeah. with other people. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing that with people people in our community here and our, yeah. with our church community. Um, and if anybody's interested in checking out the, the Wednesday classes, there's a, an hour-long chair yoga session that you do that's really great for seniors. And that's at yeah. 5.30, I think, right, yeah. on Wednesdays? Or for anyone who's feeling kind of like they just, they want to have a bit more support. Right. Because the chair is there. Yeah, but other than that, it's fairly similar to the yin class as well, in that it's longer um, gentler um, poses the or chair yoga has a bit more of a flow to it okay so it's you know like last week I was quite stiff actually <laughs> yeah. um from our routine we had a lot of twists and yeah, cool. yeah so it's a bit more bendy and flowy than the yin yeah yeah, yeah we're moving in the chair yoga that's awesome yeah and then uh, a little break in between, and then at 7.30 yeah. on Wednesday nights is the, the yin class. Yeah, at 7, yeah. 7 o'clock, okay. 7, yeah. So 7 o'clock Wednesdays at the Bash United Church. Anyone and everyone is welcome to bring a mat, or if you don't even have a mat, come with a blanket or a pillow or yeah. whatever you'd like to bring and um, learn a little bit more about yoga and about your story and meet other people that are interested in it. It, it i love how yoga brings people together and it's something you can do on your own oh yeah um it's just a, a beautiful beautiful thing yeah. uh, thank you so much for sharing this time with me and thank you, ben. and sharing your story with me it's been awesome to yeah. just get to actually finally meet you and get to know you a little bit and hear more about your story yeah great conversation thank you thank you Thank you, everybody, for listening and for joining us on this conversation. And whether yoga is something that you're deep into or have never heard of it or would like to try it, um, I, I think that this conversation offers up something for, for everyone to reflect on and consider and uh, to think about. And we just invite you to uh, continue to join us as we try to answer some of these big questions each week with uh, with another conversation over a cup of coffee and uh, hope to catch you next week thank you